In the grim darkness of the second millennia, there is only a shitty podcast hosted by three dorks. A podcast about the grim darkness of the 41st millennia and how incredibly stupid it is. This is Grim Dorks. Hello everyone, welcome to Grim Dorks, a discussion podcast on the lore and story of the Warhammer 40,000 universe. I am Exarch John, and with me as always are my two favorite pointy-eared dipshits. <laughs> Accurate. Hello, I am Harlequin Fuzzy. I'm Delbar Braden. And you'll never Today, guess what we're talking about. <laughs> the Tau uh, again. It's, action. it's actually Tau again. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love the Tau. Now, now hear me out. Chronophagic steel. So, okay. Folded 1,000 so times. So what you're telling me... What you're telling me is, instead of doing the faction you hate, we're doing the faction I hate. That's <laughs> chronophagic Muramasa! Alright. Yes. So that steals the <laughs> life energy out of those it kills. So for those of you at home, uh, we're talking about Eldar, and to just lay it out for you at the beginning, as I like to do, uh, we're going to be talking mostly about craft worlds to and Eldar broad strokes today, Next time, we'll be talking about uh, Deldar, mostly, and the last, and then we'll have a third episode, which will be everything else, which is like Exodites, a ex um, little bit more about Harlequins, but we'll be talking about them kind of all throughout. Uh, Exodites, what's the other one? Corsairs! Uh, uh, and Rangers. Yep. Um, that That's the gist, and if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, you're gonna find the fuck out today! Nice. Now, okay. At at the top, there are a couple important things you need to know about Eldar. One, they shit they're crystal. Called the Eldari. Two, they do in fact shit crystals. Three, I think they're like pandas, where they don't really fuck if anyone's looking at them. <laughs> what? Uh, four, they turn into crystals given enough time. What? Um, five clowns are a big part of society. Uh, six, uh, they mostly live on spaceships. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven, they suck. Eight, they suck if you're a close-minded guy who likes Tau. Bitch. Nine, <laughs> their ear tips are erogenous zones. Do with that what you will, internet. Ten, put your dicks away, internet. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it! <laughs> That's better. Eleven, because they clearly are, are the superior beings. They don't have body fat, but they do. Ha the females do have breasts. Do with that what you will, internet. <laughs> uh, twelve? Are we on twelve? Yes, twelve. Um, fuck you. I like Eldar. Uh, I'll be honest. Really... <laughs> sound like the perfect species, and what we should all strive for. I mean, okay, the Eldar are interesting, and. I know John will temper himself as the episodes go on, as he always does, just as I try to do whenever we talk about Tau, um, and the sheer weebery, which is weird given how much of a weeb I am. Um, yeah, it's just odd. Yeah. Um, as much as we should give the space Welsh Chinese elves uh, shit, because they do deserve it, they're also pretty fascinating because they are, in many ways, 
Well, they're Tolkien elves in space, and if you know anything about J.R.R. Tolkien, or Lord of the Rings in general, you know that if you go under the surface of what the elves are, nature-faring dipshits who don't like anyone else really, but are supremely wise about how they do things, if you go a little bit deeper than that, you see a long history of getting dicked over, having troubles, societal changes that made them into the nature-walking dipshits that are vaguely racist to everyone else we all know and love today. The Eldar, or Eldari for copyright reasons, um, something real quick, I, we may have talked about it once or twice, GW changed all the names of things with 8th edition because copyright. Because... Really? We talk about it every once in a while. We talk about it every once in a while. Just casual reminder. Eldari, Eldar. Uh, Drukari, Dark Eldar. Astra Militarum, Imperial Guard. What's this copyright thing that made them change? Is it something else that's Eldar they that's couldn't, out there? I, they couldn't copyright Eldar for some reason? Or any of the names? Like, Imperial Guardsmen... Is not it's hard to copyright. Yeah, compared to Astra Militarum. Like, because Imperial Guardsmen, I can. Before. I can name like four other th universes that have Imperial Guardsmen. So naming them the Astra Militarum, they can copyright that shit like that. Uh, right. Like you, you can't copyright Space Marine. Yeah. You fucking can't. No. <laughs> you can copyright uh, Adeptus Astartes. You can't copyright Space Marine. Which is I'll why copyright Space Marine. <laughs> One day. <laughs> Which is why in official things they are referred to as uh, the Adeptus Astartes, the Astra Militarum, the Eldari, the Drukhari, the Ta'au. The Chad Marines. The Chad Marine. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, hey, Brayden. Um, mm -hmm. Remind me where we kind of left off with the Eldar. Um, ages and ages ago. I know it's been a minute, but gosh. remind me the last thing you remember as a major plot point for the Eldar. The last thing I remember is that they got fuckled hard. Uh, and did, and did demons, what? demons started pouring into the webway, and they don't know how to stop it. Yeah, that's that's a lot of the gist. Uh, and all of yeah. all of this happened originally because they did what? Uh, they made Slanesh? They, they orgied hard. into a chaos god, yes. That is, they did a great impression of Goatsy.cx and caused the Eye of Terror. No, what happened is one of them okay. ate ass and that's what caused it. That, you see, okay, I shit you not. The first the, Eldari the to do that caused Slanesh to appear. I really want us. I really want there to be like a consistent image that the entire fan base recognizes as the opening of the Eye of Terror, and I just want like a series of comics of like what caused, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? It's like one guy <laughs> ate ass, one guy put peanut butter on top of ice cream, one guy shit like that. Like I would. One guy get, put I, jelly over peanut butter, and it just ruined everything. Yeah. And that, one that. guy stacked, one guy stacked two quesadillas on top of each other. <laughs> one, yeah. One one guy took a slice. One guy took a pizza and just folded it over on itself. Yeah. One guy. Ate. One guy took a tortilla and put like shredded cheese, lettuce, and beef in it, and then closed it to make a quesadilla taco. And that's how corn was born. <laughs> yeah. And then then. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, all of that. That's uh, what Corn has okay, been fighting so, for all this time. I mean, important shit, I'd question. fight for a quesadilla. <laughs> I'd fight for important a quesadilla question. taco. How many buttholes do Eldar have? <sighs> uh, None. I mean, well... Because they do shit crystals. Okay, no, hear me out. They're Eldar... like Kim Jong-un, they have, they have zero. Uh, well, uh, counterpoint, Eldar ha have only one butthole, except they're all butthole, because Eldar are races of giant assholes. Let me tell you why. Interesting. I feel like they've smoothed themselves down, like they've like they've buffed themselves down, to the point where it's nothing, there's nothing down it's there not, It's anymore. smooth. Do, well, yeah. okay, interesting. Do you ever wonder if Eldar have body hair? I don't no. think so. <laughs> I never wonder that. I think they're slippery and slimy. <laughs> That's why it's so hard for the for the. That's why it's so hard for the Imperial man to catch them, is because anytime they get a grip on them, they just slip away. <laughs> it also yeah. makes the it also makes the orgies that much more decadent. Yeah, because yeah. they're so oily. So <laughs> they don't even need lubrication. God, it's like a slip and slide. Yeah. <laughs> God, How one do you guy think they get around. One guy on their, dropped a dildo. <laughs> if Eldar shit crystals, do they jizz crystals? Probably. No. One guy dropped a dildo into a Deldar orgy, and it just shot out the other side at Mach 10. <laughs> yeah, like, that's actually like, how they fire. <laughs> that's how they fire missiles in space. <laughs> they just Eldar. drop shit. They just like casually, like you know, in how what is it curling? Like they yeah. do a curling yeah. style throw, but with <laughs> missiles. The barrel is an orgy. Yeah, just Eldar orgies are perfectly frictionless surfaces. <laughs> Physicists they defy love physics. <laughs> Finally, a frictionless area. At that's long actually last. how they got through the. That's how they got through the webway. Is that they just they just oiled up the ship so hard <laughs> that they can just slip and slide through it. Ah, oh, Jesus! Hot uh, cannon. I need Hire to remember. Me. There's this XKCD comic where it's they they shoved a physicist into a perfectly frictionless room. And the she, this physicist just keeps tripping and knocking her head on the ground because she can't get any friction, so she can't move anywhere. <laughs> um, and so uh, I really just want to take that and then like zoom in on on the floor, and it's just a bunch of Eldar. Um, yep. <laughs> it would take maybe twenty minutes in Photoshop, but I'm probably never going to do okay. it. So important things to know about Eldar: they do have anime hair. The most anime hair. Oh, do they? It's all. It's the colors you want it to be. It oh is. yeah, I'm it seeing really some is. with white hair, some with black hair. Is it it's... their hair on their helmets that they put into the dreads, or is that not their actual hair? That's not their actual hair. The hair on the helmets is definitely not their real hair. Oh, this one has red hair. Um. Oh, this one has blue hair. What? And that one has green hair. So really, though, um. Well, let me kind of launch off with a quote here, uh, courtesy from the Beast Arises series from Shadowseer Lariel. Lariel. I can't speak Welsh, so I'm probably going to butcher these, and in case you couldn't figure it out, uh, Eldar language is just Celtic. No, like, oh, literally, there are entire sentences that are just Celtic. Oh, how good. Yes. Um, 
She is, I believe, speaking to uh, Slaughter Cor or he, I'm not actually sure. I believe they're speaking to uh, Slaughter uh, about stuff, but you are a tool to us. Our people ruled the stars when this world was ruled by reptiles. Many came against us, the soulless ones, the Krork at the apex of their might, in comparison to which this latest folly is laughable. The Scythor and a thousand other races so terrible your intellects could not contemplate them. Even your own ancestors and their unliving legions at the so-called height of their mastery. We defeated them all. To you we seem a sorry remnant, a ragged glory fading into the void, but we are not yet extinct, Inquisitor. Oh, it's an Inquisitor. What is a few thousand cycles of weakness when set against millions of power? You fell yourselves. Your empire is a pathetic mockery of what your kind once had. Mark my words well. Unlike you, we shall be mighty once again. We would prefer if there was still a galaxy to rule when we are ready to return. So what I find really interesting about that quote is that it confirms that Earth was once ruled by a group of reptilians that formed a cabal D to control D our society. Dinosaurs. Some may take dinosaurs. some may take that to mean dinosaurs. dinosaurs. But let's let's be really honest. I swear okay? to God, because John, the reptilians actually I wish have a I could society turn off your mic. that they use to control our world. No, get, get, get away from me! Stop! 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 a bitch! Obviously, right. Imps was a T Rex. That's the only option. <laughs> it, Rex is in the name. Um, that is exactly. what that means. So, let's go back a bit to, uh, remind you of some history and take off from where we kind of left off with the major plot points of the Eldar. So right now, you, the viewer, and you, Brayden, uh, know kind of two bookends. We know where the Eldar now, with the Yanari... Yvrain trying to bring back Yanid, and there being an interesting upheaval of the Eldar all kind of banding together under one banner again, right? Right. Yeah. And we know the other bookend is them ripping the anus of reality and creating the Eye of Terror and Slanesh and cursing their entire race while also killing 90% of it off. Right? Yeah, I yeah, feel like they can't. I feel like they can't judge any other races when they caused all these issues. Well, so here's the I... thing, and this is the important it's part. It's not their fault. Well, it is their fault, but it's not actually our modern Eldar's fault. When the Eye of Terror ripped its ass open and a large farting noise produced uh, the hermaphroditic god of sexual pleasure and tentacle porn, um, Slanesh's birth killed pretty much all of the Eldar that were presently in kind of the center of the webway which was located at where the Eye of Terror presently is. That said, not every Eldar was in the webway. The ones who mostly survived were all on things called craft worlds. Craft worlds are kind of a big fucking deal because as of right now, well, they're pretty much the home worlds of most Eldar. The craft world is a gargantuan ship. Like, we're talking distance from Earth to the moon. Kind of big. 
Um, these craft worlds are, at the time, were made to be worlds of trade and mercantile operation. Essentially, manufactories that would go from planet to planet, or briefly dip into the webway in order to give people what they need. A lot like now, if okay. the Mechanicus had a mobile manufactory. So, here, here's a realization I came to over the course of my research. So, Craft World ships don't have warp drives. Nope. Okay. So, the Craft Worlders are moving around from planet to planet, which takes like a long-ass time, right? Mm -hmm. But they're also functionally immortal, so who cares? But because of the way relativity works, like, time was still passing, so they go from world to world, and they're watching this slide into the Decadence baby little covered elf orgy. Like, they're watching it happen, and it's, that's why they have, like, that clarity of mind, because they're not there to have that millimeter by millimeter, like, slip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They didn't get slippy when everyone else was getting real slippy. <laughs> <laughs> but they're still oily. I wish we could now get the rights to um, get slippy redux by Underworld. Um, we can't, but I wish. Um, to play right now, just constantly. So, the Craft World Eldar, a lot of them were kind of just hanging out. But also, as that slippage began to occur, um, more Eldar were like, you know, I don't feel like an orgy all the time. I think I'm just gonna go learn to, I don't know, make Swiss watches or something. So, there was essentially the Puritan exodus. You know, when all the Puritans came to America? That but Eldar. Um, nice. is almost one-to-one -one what happened in regards to craft worlds. These craft worlds were, um, at the time we believe that they had tons of them, but now depending on which author you ask, the Eldar have anywhere between ten and a thousand craft worlds. Because no one can really agree what it means to be a dying race. Um, <laughs> Because, well, the Eldar are kind of in a weird state, where on one hand we have authors who really want to lean into that Tolkien elf of we're dying, we're not gonna affect the world anymore, that's just how it is, so we're just gonna kind of mosey on off? Versus we're gonna try to bring it back and become the height of civilization once again. It's in biology, there's the concept of, like, a a species that is not of enough number to repopulate. And, like, black library authors basically play hot potato on the sides of that line. Yeah. They just cannot decide which one is more grimdark. Oh, really? Which is kind of a pain in the ass. Also, I was wrong. Uh, craft worlds are the size of planets. Like, Next. gravitational fields are created because of these giant constructs that are sung into existence. Um, 
Fuck you, Wraithbone is cool. Um... Wraithbone. <laughs> okay, fuck you. It's literally... A motherfucker got so good at being psychic that he learned how to sing reality in order to take pure energy from the psychic uh -huh. maelstrom and form it mm -hmm. into a physical object. Yeah. And he looks yeah, cool while doing being... it and has a flute. While also being flute. the most beautiful and most perfect and not really dying because they have this wraith bone they can live in. Well, so that's where the societal things come in. So oh, yeah, for, I remember that their society is kind of ass backwards long. to me. Well, uh, hear me out. So, your boys on the craft worlds basically live through the Eye of Terror opening up and witness it happen. Uh, mm. Fun thing to remember. Not all the craft worlds make it out. Not all the craft worlds make it out. Uh, oh no. And so things get weird. The Puritan aspect of the Eldar begins thinking about what the fuck just happened. Mm. The conclusion they come to, wholesale, is a very aesthetic... Aesthetic? Aesthetic? That it. A monk-like lifestyle. Where each Eldar has a purpose. They can transition between purposes. They're still aware that they are beings capable of a variety of things. The thing is, they essentially elect to... Perf because I remind you, the whole species is psychic. Like, really psychic. So they can affect themselves in a very specific way. So essentially, their version of space college is to lock their brain into a path of... I'm going to become, let's just, as an example, a warrior, a, a, a dire avenger, for instance. I'm going to focus on becoming this dire avenger, and there is fuck all that can take me off of this path. Mm -hmm. This has an up and a downside. On the upside, they get very good at it and progress into becoming gods on the battlefield on their particular skill. The downside is these aspects, these paths uh, that they walk, and there is more than just the path of the warrior, there's the path of the wizard or the path of the witch, there's a bunch, even Ranger, the path. warlock, druid... <laughs> Barbarian. You kid, but there are several that are named after D and D classes. <laughs> um, okay, so in in addition to part of it is right that the Eldar realize that they have a really really bad case of psychic ADD. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So rather than getting all caught up in all the things they want to do, they just lock down on that one thing. It's essentially, yeah, they psychically electroshock themselves into a permanent state of Adderall. But Until they decide to move on to something else. Yes, where they then shift the track of Adderall onto a new path. Which, yeah. for these functionally immortal beings, they do pretty fucking often over the course of their natural lifespan. Unless but, they get stuck on a path. Yeah, that's what I remember, is that you're supposed to go throughout these multiple paths, but then right. 
at the same time, so, Elder Society commends the ones that don't, that get stuck on that path. Commend is a strong word. Commend is an extremely strong word. I would say that a better way to phrase it is, they realize the usefulness of people that get stuck on the path. Okay, well, because from what I remember in that, if these people, if they realize their usefulness, I mean, they're still teachers of, like... The guys who are like, if you if you're like going to the warrior path for this roundabout that you get, and your teacher is probably going to be one of the dudes who got stuck on that path and never changed after right. after choosing the warrior path, and I, to me that kind of feels like you know even though there's a use to them, you know I, from what I read back at like a long time ago is that the Eldar still kind of like respected them in some form or fashion for being teachers and still like locking themselves down in that way but also like it's a state of contradictory messages about like them being like oh always change like change your path once you've once you've mastered something so that you have a real well-rounded lifestyle but at the same time if you lock down on this path it's not so bad and you're not gonna get like exiled for it so hear me out I, 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 I have a way, this is the way I, from what I've read and how I understand it, the exarchs, which is what these beings are called, people who have followed a path and become locked onto it, mm-hmm. um, an exarch is a simultaneous state of uh, other people mourning you and respecting you, because effectively... You are a... You have become a certain type of non-person. You cannot change anymore. You cannot develop. You... They have a thing in, um... Like, there there are three levels of designing a character, like, personality-wise. Where, like, a base-level character just has traits... Whereas then, like, the next level, they start having wants. The next level, they start having interpersonal relationships and wants that are purely non-material. Shit like that. And it gets progressively more complex. A normal Eldar, while they do lock themselves on a path, also become... They can change, and so they're still a high-complexity character. An Exarch can never have that again. An exarch is stuck being whatever they are forever, and while they don't think about it in a tragic way, in any way, they are, uh, they're non-people. They don't get to change anymore. They don't get to develop and create. There's another thing about exarchs, and Mm. this is some grim darkness that is mmm tasty. (laughs) So... What makes an Eldar get stuck on the Exarch path, you may ask? Well, Exarchs, because they're so fucking psychic and awesome and special all the time, uh, they have something called a War Mask, which is... For the record, all Aspect Warriors have the War Mask. Show me your war face. And the War Mask is a psychic construct that is a separate personality that, that keeps them from getting such things as PTSD. Uh-huh. And what makes someone become an exarch is when they get stuck wearing the war mask. Like, they can't take it off. Oh dear, that's not good. Yeah, super bad. Uh, some exarch is criticized in the fiction for wear- not taking off their war mask for a funeral. So not everyone is, like, super understanding of what happens. 
Okay, that's cool. As long as some of them are kind of like, yo, dude, what the fuck is going there on? There are still millions of Eldar. Let's right. not get it twisted. But this is a galaxy where the span is billions. Mankind is trillions in number at this point. Um, so another the thing. Orcs are multi-mil- or billion, tyrannid or un- yeah, multi-trillion. Tyranid are unknowable in size. You gotta remember. You gotta remember hierarchy (laughs) of scale, and so while the Imperium of Man is New York City, New York, uh, the Eldar are Buffalo in terms of population. Poor Eldar. Okay. So a thing about another thing about being an Exarch is when you become an Exarch, uh, you kind of give up your opportunity to join the Infinity Circuit when you die. Oh dear, that's not good. So. I, we should explain that better. In I, the Infinity I, that, I'm gonna I'm gonna back to the Infinity Circuit. Okay, I have a plan. So, rather, when you die as an Exarch, your uh, your soul joins your armor, Interesting. and all Exarchs are actually parts of a Gestalt consciousness of all the people who have worn their armor and died. That's pretty rad. Now. These armors are basically small infinity circuits. And an infinity circuit is this network that is contained in the entire craft world itself. You might remember infinity circuits from the Doom of Malentai episode. The Tyranid episodes like Tyranid 2. As as well as the summoning of the uh, aspect of Yanid. The whatever starts with a Y that I'm forgetting. Continue. Uh, so it's basically a, a it's the soul internet that that sounds really dumb but all the souls get added to the infinity circuit and basically Lanesh can't have them um so let's bring it back a bit so we can explain that a little bit further so I remind you because the Eldar summoned Slanesh, and are all psychically linked, it's a bit of a hive mind situation, where every Eldar soul was kind of burned forever, branded by Slanesh, to the point where Slanesh, every time an Eldar dies, gets dibs on the soul. Oh, Slanesh is like mine. Yeah, and Slanesh generally treats this as a great chance to have a coke and hooker party. Nice. Uh, Eldar souls are space cocaine confirmed. Well, warp cocaine. because of the crystals. Me. You just crush them up and then you snort them. Mm. Now, now you're connecting the dots. So, in order to combat this, two different schools of thought emerged. School one is that of the Infinity Circuit. The... I'm going to, when I die, put my soul into this, where it will live forevermore until someone figures out a better way. <laughs> until someone figures out how to not have Slanesh get his dirty, dirty paws on it. Well, it's really, it's funny, considering the Eldar fought the Necron so long ago, that essentially <laughs> their solution to the problem was the same thing the Necron did. Of, we're gonna sleep until someone figures it the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Um, It should also be noted that 
Eldar because they are like space elves and have complex weird biologies do not reproduce at the same speed as humans or orcs or the like. They Yeah, they they're like pandas, they don't fuck if someone's looking at them. Well, it's not just that. When they f- <sighs> I'm going to quote here <laughs> And this is one of the things I wholesale agree with John on. Mm. That this is pants-on-head dumb shittery. Okay. Please tell me it's something like a stork comes by and drops a crystal. No. In order to actually have a kid during the gestation process, Uh genetic samples read... Uh semen have to be implanted multiple times at specific points. So essentially, Eldar biology is such a way that to create another Eldar the good old-fashioned way, it's not as simple as, shit, I forgot to put on my crystal condom after we met in (laughs) the the Dire Avenger bar. Yeah, there's no danger of one-night stands producing a fucking kid that then, you know, a Dire Avenger and a Harlequin have to figure out how to raise together in CBS's new hit If you want to have a kid... You gotta fucking be dedicated to it. <laughs> yeah, really though. Um, you gotta have the moon. You gotta make sure the moon is in the right stages in like thirty different systems. You gotta like fucking make sure your crystal sack is empty. You gotta yes. fucking make sure that like fucking uh, uh, fuck fuck Ray Charles is on the fucking jukebox. <laughs> yes. Um. I don't think I don't think Ray Charles was who you were going for, but I, 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 I couldn't you. think I couldn't get a better poll. Yeah, uh, Marvin Gaye. That's, that's, that's the much money. Better. <laughs> wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Uh, so <laughs> you also got to whisper um, into your Eldar honey's ear. Come here, little mama. Let me whisper in your ear. Tell you something you might like to hear. It's free real estate. Um, <laughs> I got some crystals. Do you think crystal meth and uh, Eldar shit sometimes get confused with each other and shenanigans ensue? What if Eldar shit's a drug? It probably is. Let's be completely real. Yeah, many, many uh, a rim world for humans have gone on a bad trip from accidentally snorting Eldar. Rim world. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, now that I think about it, does that mean does that mean that for Eldar, eating ass really was like a really multifaceted experience? No, it was anyway. like eating rock candy. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, so that was really point, good. At what point do you add the soda to the Pop Rocks? <laughs> No, that's. Please uh, do not shove a bottle of soda <laughs> up your local Eldar's ass. That is a good way to get psychically what do you think, ripped what apart. What do you think the blowjobs were, John? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Bringing it back a bit. Uh, so, the Infinity Circuit was idea one. And for the most part, when a soul is put into the Infinity Circuit, out of respect for the dead, they are not touched again. There are exceptions to this rule in the form of wraith constructs, but we'll get to that later. I also think those okay. are like a volunteer. They are 100% a volunteer basis thing, and it's really like... 
when daddy's coming back to get put in a wraithbone construct uh people are like no you should stay dead why would you elect to do this this is so sad nah, fuck this i want a body so the souls um, can elect to come back uh i'm gonna go into it later but to okay. make uh, to make it kind of brief uh yes or no they make... yes okay cool so the other school of thought was what stop uh was what our dear friend the Drukari came up with namely they saw that well option one fucking never live again essentially it, well option one get eat option two join a bunch of fucking dweebs forever in the infinity circuit Mm -hmm. Option three is a little more complicated, but option three is my favorite. But via psychic bullshittery deals with the devil and magic, uh, the Jukari figured out another way to live forever. Essentially, they've learned oh, really? they learned that an Eldar can regenerate from almost nothing. Consciousness intact, but it requires oh sacrifice. It's Majin Buu. It, it well, it's Majin Buu. But if Majin Buu was fueled Shit not, not by candy, but by suffering, pure, unrelenting suffering and excess, in order for a, and I'll go into all of these titles when we do Deldar. In order for a homunculus to bring back a Deldar, they need, first of all, it has to have been less than a day, and second of all, it's since they died, and second of all, they need some material to work with. But they can get, like, one hand? If that's all they can pick up from the battlefield, they can get the job done with one hand. Oh, nice. <laughs> but <laughs> they're not the only ones that get a job done with one hand. Hey you guys, know what I'm I found saying? Dan's pinky. We're in the clear. <laughs> this, unfortunately, the less there is to work with, the more work the homunculus has to do. And the homunculus does it by essentially, without getting into too many details, doing everything that I would have to do a content warning for. And I mean everything. Um. I won't go into details because it's fucking explicit, but needless to say, it involves a lot of flaying, uh, and worse, of every body part, probably at once, usually drugs are involved, usually bad ones. Essentially, it's they will capture slaves, put them on the worst trip of their life, and slowly kill them in the process. Yes, yeah, like uh, the United if, States government did to American citizens back in the 70s and 80s. But worse, um, because we didn't even regenerate Richard Nixon with those. Uh, we just cursed him further. Um, point being, it's some gross, disgusting shit, but this produces some of the longest lifespans in 40k. And that includes Necrons. It's, we're not sure how old the, uh... Vect, who is Archon uh, and de facto ruler of pretty much all the Deldar, we don't know how old Vect actually is. It could be anywhere from, like, 30,000? 
thousand years or greater. He's been around. We know Eldrad, uh, pre- we mentioned him in the, hey, this is where Cannon's at episode. Um, El he was de facto ruler of Craftworld Uthway, but he got kicked out after doing some shit. Um, he he's 10,000 years old. Uh, he is actually 10,000 years old. Oh ish. But he has been getting there naturally, and by being a dank-ass psychic. But he's also slowly turning into a crystal man. Like, actually, imagine gout, but 10 million times worse. Um, oh. Also, hey, in case you didn't know at home what gout was, gout is when acid in your body crystallizes in your joints. Yeah, now I've cursed you with that knowledge. There's also a uh, disease I was reading about where, like, you know how when you, like, when you work out, you tear your muscles and they grow back as muscle? Yeah, grow this back grows back as bone. Instead. Fucking yeah. Turn into a bone person. I saw Fucking the Reddit post, too. I, I, I learned about that before, long before Reddit was, like, a big thing, and oh, yeah. man. It but it's making the rounds again because someone it? made a Reddit post on it, like, a week ago. Got it. Battle yeah, no, that fucking disease is terrifying to me. Um, yeah. Deeply terrifying. Because, like, it's not just you'll die and it'll hurt the entire time you're dying. It's you'll die paralyzed and it'll hurt the entire time you're dying. Because also, all the muscle tissue in your body is trying to, like, work harder in order to make you move. But that's causing more tears, which is causing more bone. And this includes your heart and lungs and diaphragm. Yeah, in the Reddit thread, they said that there's one guy who he knows who's like 80 and living with the disease. Um, he can still move around and stuff because he works out like a little mm -hmm. bit. Like all he does is like walk and like does some light exercises. But he's constantly on painkillers because like anytime he does anything, he has thousands of broken bones. I would say living. Uh, I would say living on painkillers. Living with that disease is like a strong word. I mean, yeah. he said that he, he has a marginally normal life, aside from the fact that he's always on painkillers. <laughs> and every... every and he is the, the literal case of every morning I wake up and break my legs. Um, I have glass bones and paper skin. Yeah. Every morning uh, I break my arms. And in the afternoon I break my legs. Anyway. <laughs> That's the Eldar too. <laughs> yes, basically. So, um... <laughs> Those are the Wraith Bones. The Wraith Bones just say that constantly, and everyone's like, oh, I know why you don't use these as much. Yeah. So, um... Th these are kind of the two paths that everyone kind of took uh, in terms of dealing with death. Or three paths, I should say, because there are some sections of Eldar society that have kind of just been like... Yeah, we're gonna fucking die at some point, and Slanesh is gonna eat us, so might as well kinda live it up in the meantime. Um, in older canon, we had, like, Chaos Eldar. They were a thing. No, Deldar are not Chaos Eldar. Um, they actually hate Slanesh just as much as regular Eldar do. They just realize that there's a certain amount of using Slanesh's magics can help sometimes. Um... Slanesh really just lets them have it, largely because uh, all of that suffering and drugs and excess still fuels it. Them, what have you. Um, 
So Chaos Eldar were a thing, less so now. We also have Corsairs, who... Loosely Craftworld adjacent, we'll talk about them later, but they're basically what if Eldar were space pirates. And if that's not a great series of words, I want you to get the fuck out of my face, because they look dope as shit, because first of all, all their armor looks like it's made out of chitinous plates of shit they killed? Yes? Yes. <laughs> yes? Second of all, um, they're pirate princes and kings and queens and princesses, which is fucking kick-ass. Uh, and third of all... They're kind of on the reasonable end of things, where, um, technically they've all chosen the path of the outcast, because they are technically craft-worlders, but there's a lot- once they splinter off, they can be out there for thousands of years, and so there are natural-born, uh, corsairs as well, who aren't technically following the path of the outcast, they're just kind of living their lives. Um... We also have a couple of others. The Exodites we'll talk about later, but they're basically Eldar tribes people that live on garden worlds and tame dinosaurs. Um, nice. Yeah. There's outcasts who are... Um, I think the best way to phrase him is, you know how uh, Legolas basically told his dad, fuck you, I'm joining the Fellowship? Because that's what he did. He told his dad, fuck you, I'm joining the Fellowship of the Ring and bailing out to have some adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, outcasts are that. They also are really good at sniper rifles and have some dank-ass invisibility cloaks. Um, so they are... Yet another class of Orc Sniper. Um, there's the Dark Elves, which we've talked about. The Inari, which we've also talked about and will also be kind of sprinkled throughout. Because, um, I mean, they're a really recent development. And last but certainly not least, we have the Harlequins. I use, I'm starting the Harlequins now because this is about the time they pop up in lore. Um, or These are the in, crazy fuckers. These are the crazy clown fuckers, but there's a reason for them. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Literally and figuratively. So, backing it up slightly, Eye of Terror opens up. Slanesh comes out. Slanesh fucking murderizes most of the Eldar pantheon. Mm -hmm. I guess I should go back a bit. The Eldar have a pantheon of beings they psychically manifested by <clears throat> believing in them, um, well, so, some reading I did. They they constructed them. Like, they didn't yes. just, like, believe in them. They physically constructed them and then forgot about it. Wait. And then decided uh, they were gods. So Okay, so... Couldn't um, that, in theory, mean that they could make more? Yes. Yes. Oh, wait. So what, let's... What, what was that that we talked about last episode, Brayden? I don't they're know. Making, they're <laughs> making another one. That's what your brain is. Oh, or you yeah. So, oh. when they were when they were fighting with the old ones against the Necrons, they made these entities, made almost of pure psychic energy, to fight Catan, and it worked. They could go toe to toe with Catan. 
Unfortunately, this war in heaven lasted so long that the guys who made them fucking died. And so no one remembered that, hey, we made these. But they still remembered, hey, these great beings save us all the time and kick ass. If that don't sound like a god, I don't know what does. So they began believing them in as gods, which just gave them more power, because I remind you in 40k, belief directly translates to power. Um, because they believed in them so hard, they became significantly more physical and powerful. Uh, this had its downsides, as the Eldar Pantheon basically then went through its high school drama phase after the War in Heaven stopped, where they were all fucking everything up and low-key killing each other and other things. At a certain point, Big Daddy Totally Not Zeus, aka Assyrian, um, kind of rose his hand and went, STOP! Except with a lot more echo. Be gone, thought. Oh, be gone, thought. <laughs> the fact that at the same time, um, Asurian really is basically just Zeus, except with phoenixes instead of uh, Birkin. lightning. Oh, phoenixes and fire instead of lightning and bulls. Uh, fucking is still unsure, because he's never been married or had, like, a lover, but somehow produced children. Um... You know, that's just how it'd be. Yeah, Eldar don't really That, or either. he did the good old Zeus thing and went, uh, shape-shifting and fucking anything that moved. Um, oh, Zeus, you... Weird <laughs> silly scallion. You so silly. Um, the kind of notable, or the gods I think are most notable here, are Assyrian, Zeus, Sigorak, the clown god, laughing god, and protector of the Black Library, Isha, the mother of the Eldar, and also, uh, she's kind of the Hera equivalent, uh, Cain, the, not Kratos, uh, Ares equivalent, god. uh, and lastly, I'll mention Morai Heg, who we briefly mentioned before, because she, uh, her hand is what got chopped off and cut into pieces to turn monsters. into the five crone, became the five crone swords. Yes, the Muramasas slash Masamunes. Um, so I want to I want to talk about the the allegory of Isha, right? Yes, so let, let me get into how it all went down. So, after uh, after their high school phase, Asurian said, we're going to the warp and we're fucking staying there. Now, granted, this was at a time where the warp was not a hellscape yet. Um, it got worse. After the Eye of Terror fucking busted onto the scene, the Eldar gods were kind of on their last... They were kind of on their last Olympus here, and got their shit summarily pounded in. Uh, all but three of them fucking died. Uh, those three would be Sigorak, who fucking bailed immediately. <laughs> well, you could argue that Kane. Sigorak knew that that shit was gonna go down hard. Y yeah, uh, which is why we're pretty sure he fucking bailed immediately. Um, he was like, bye. Next up is Isha, 
who, she's not much of a fighter, so she mostly just, uh, got captured, uh, specifically by Nurgle. We'll loop back around to this real quick, uh, because the allegory of Isha is actually a really good story. Um, ne never mind that it's in a universe we dig. It's just good myths. Um, lastly, Kane. uh, well, he saw Slanesh pop up and got angry about it, so he tried to fight Slanesh. This was folly. However, someone came to his rescue, oddly enough. Well, Kane. Would you like to guess? Kane was doing okay. Don't, don't no, spoil. Kane was doing fine. He, 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 it was okay. even. He was doing. Oh, okay. I, 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 I've read it as not great, but yeah. All right. He was doing kind of evenly, no clear winner. If some more, when if someone, some more Eldar gods had shown up, it would have been fine. If Sigorak had fucking come back. <laughs> um, if he had to said, see you later. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, then Kane might have been able to take Slanesh. But as the um, god of having so many dicks uh, was fighting the god Eldar god of war, someone showed up and was like, mm, I don't know, I... Uh, I kind of called dibs on this one. Brayden, would you like to guess who called dibs on Kane? Um... Slanesh. No, but in the right realm. Uh... Sneech. Now you're just being a sounds bitch. Sounds like... Sounds like Kane. Mm. And also like Kane. a breakfast cereal. Nurgle. Yeah. Corn. Um. <laughs> Corn no, cake. So, so this no, vegetable. Let me, let me guess. Still, I want to know: Is it the fifth one in the sword who wants to kill the other chaos gods? No, it's not. It's not is that it one. Nuffle? It's not Malal. It's, it's corn. Nuffle the dice god. No, it's corn. Is Nuffle the fifth chaos god? Because I love his name. Nuffle is the god of blood bowl. <laughs> I've okay. I feel like he's like a little like Sheba puppy. Like a like a Shiva puppy would be named <laughs> but, Nuffle. But, like dancing Nuffle around. Nuffle is confirmed to be the most powerful chaos god. Yeah, but it would be by leaps and if bounds. He was a tiny puppy. Um. Behold, and, Nuffle. Yep, yep. Also, for the record, Nuffle is just a pronunciation of NFL. That's <laughs> where know. it comes from. I got that immediately. I'm proud it's of you. It took funny. me a while. Um. Anyway, so Korn basically says, I call dibs on him because I think we're related, but either way, um, fucking <laughs> maybe, dibs. Maybe, maybe not, who knows? Slanesh took care. offense, yeah, Slanesh took offense to this, citing, the Eldar made me, so now I'm gonna eat all their shit. Cain, I mean, no. excuse me, Korn proceed, proceeded to lay down the first of many millions of beatings that he gives Slanesh. <laughs> In the process of this, we're pretty sure that the nearest weapon was Cain himself, and Cain uh, has ended up shattered into many fragments. These fragments landed in the Materium, and the Craft Worlds picked them up, allowing them to summon aspects of Cain. Um, this is a very useful thing, and also very powerful on the battlefield. Uh, mm -hmm. Both in the actual game, I mean. Um, but let's loop back around, because Isha gets captured by Nurgle. So, you have... And this is pretty interesting. So, 
Nurgle challenges Slanesh for Isha's life and wins. And keeps... What does Nurgle do? Sit on Slanesh? Fuck only knows. But it actually sets up the the weird which god, chaos gods hate each other dynamic. Because Zeech mm-hmm. and Slanesh are fine and then Nurgle are in corner like bros. Uh, so... Nurgle, the the god of despair and disease and pestilence, but also hope, captures the Eldar goddess of life in healing. So, mm. allegorically, they're tied. Like, Eldar life is tied to their own despair and hope. No, that's not good. And then also Nurgle, like, tests diseases on Isha because she's a god of healing Uh, she can just cure herself and then she also tells her children all mortals how to heal how to cure them it's so just it's that ancient Greek shit man it's it's a lot like Persephone and Hades but kind of taken to a new level um taken to a grimdark level one might say Yes, uh, unironically taken to a grimdark level. Um, it's really interesting, but it also kind of sets up uh, a lot of neat things about the storyline of 40k, including um, there's a lot of dichotomy in the gods that survived uh, the assault. Sigorak is very much a siege. He plans, he connives, he laughs. He's, uh... He, he is almost everything Siege is, just born from the Eldar consciousness. Um, yet he has more purpose. He has a goal that is not just destruction, but of revitalizing the universe. Isha is the goddess of life and healing and beauty where and hope just as Nurgle is the god of the the god of hope but also change disease plague and death Cain is the avatar and god of war just as Corn is and they're also the gods of noble battle honorable strikes uh, taking prisoners nobly and treating them with respect. Like, these are all functions of both of them. The only one kind of left out at this point is Slanesh herself, but this is being dichotomied now by Yanid, who is, well, where Slanesh might be the god of goddess, god of pleasure and excess. Yanid is the god of death and finality. No change anymore. No pleasure. Simply ending it and releasing Slanesh's hold on it. As much as we talk about 40k as a hyper-cartoonish, violent setup, the, the duality of the Chaos Gods, the mirroring of gods and primarchs, because when you think about it, Yanid is a is mirrored by Robu. That finality of yep. decision and that Spartan sense of living. Like, all of these parallels <clears throat> that happen in 40k are mwah, so good. It When 
when you shave all... 40k is really good when you do some strategic pruning and you can really turn it into a beautiful hedge. Um, and a very interesting hedge at that. Because of all these parallels, these winding branches that manage to come back together, these flowers that bloom every once in a while in the form of a good book or an interesting game where something happened, uh... It is, don't get me wrong, a bush infested by spiders of bullshit and law and copyright <laughs> and shenanigans. And at the end of the day, we probably can't get rid of all those, no matter how hard we may try. After all, it's still a universe created in order to sell a tabletop war game. Right, but there are, there are those juicy nugs, right? Like Isha and Nurgle. Magnus and fucking uh, Russ is, to my mind, one of the greatest, most heart-wrenching things to exist in fiction. Like, modern fiction. It genuinely rips me apart when, you think, when I think about what happened to them. And it's just, oh man, 40k has some juicy nugs, man. Yeah. But then on the flip side, um, Ward. Deldar exists. Uh, <laughs> uh, real quick, just so I don't leave them out, I do want to mention the other Eldar gods, because I always feel like if I don't mention all gods in a particular pantheon, I get struck down. <laughs> um, just real quick, Morai Heg is the goddess of fate. Um, like actual fate and making shit happen. She is probably the oldest of the gods. Um, also kind of the embodiment of true unfeeling neutral. Um, she is the crone goddess. Uh, next we have Kernwos, um, the god of the hunt and husband of Isha. Uh, Papa of Lilith, who I'll get to in just a hot second. He's been, you know, the wild hunt like how the god of the hunt will put on his big fucking helmet with horns and shit and take a ride and murder shit. Carnivus yeah. is that kind of distilled. He's a satyr man with uh, the big beefy legs of a like goat or deer uh, and the head of a deer of a great heart with huge horns. Uh, all white. Uh, his fur is white as well. But with the midsection of a man and... Uh, Kind of fucking angry. Um, it's uh, it's some shit. Uh, also, like I said, married to Isha. Uh, next, we have Lilith, their daughter. She is the goddess of prophecy, dreams, and magic. Also, innocence and luck. She's pretty neat. Uh, and then we have Vol, the maker, who is just Hephaestus. Like, I really cannot emphasize how much he is just Eldar Hephaestus, um, which makes me like him because my fidget spinner is a forging hammer. Uh, nice. <laughs> that's what I dick around with when I'm bored. Yeah, he has some artifacts belonging to him too, but much like the other gods I just mentioned, he <laughs> dead! He dead. He dead. This is the most um, so fucking dead. Uh, so the dead. Yeah. Uh, and then Sigorak, the Laughing God, is uh, who boy. Um, 
he is a dick on the level of the both the Deceiver and Siege. Um, but it is he's also the patron god of the Harlequins, which is why we started down this path, I remind you all. Um, the Harlequins are really important, and I think we'll have to get to them later, because we're already sitting at a big old hour yeah. here. Uh, but to kind of start getting into them, Harlequins are the other response societally to what happened. Instead of taking... They took the fall of the Eldar as a cautionary tale that they had to tell the world. Or all worlds, really. And so, the Harlequins were born out of performance. Harlequins uh, perform, put on plays, like actual plays, in a variety of languages, um, in order to teach people about the fall of the Eldar. They visit myriad worlds, be they Tau, human, uh, really anyone who won't instantly kill them. Um, theoretically, they could visit orcs, though they <laughs> might have to tone down to the dialogue to grunts. Um, that said, they've got a lot of interesting shit, and they're also completely unaligned. They will fight with a Deldar, uh, an Eldar, a human, anything. Because their goal is not the is not to save the Eldar, it's to save the world. To save the to galaxy. Save creation. To save creation. Um they hate chaos. Mm -hmm. Then they hate the Necrons, and then they hate the Tyranids in that order. Oh, you mean the, th uh, okay. Imperials the three things that are most likely to wipe out biological sentient life? Weird. <laughs> yep. The Imperials the and Tau can... Yeah. The Imperials and Tau can be worked <laughs> with, and Orcs can be manipulated, and Eldar, well, they can teach. Um, so Harlequins are the wild card. They are the wild card, wild but it goes beyond that. There's a lot of interesting shit going on with them, ranging from the fact that, much like Aspect Warriors, they can get lost in the mask of the Harlequin. Um, unlike others, that is kind of the goal. Uh, they do not... When you become a Harlequin, you probably are not changing paths later in life. Odds are you will keep with that until the day you die, performing both on the battlefield and on the stage in order to teach the world why chaos be bad and why the Eldar fucked up and how we can fix that going forward. Nice. They're extraordinarily helpful and smart uh, and offer <laughs> the machinations and assistance of their patron god, Sigorak, in a variety of ways. And throughout the storyline going forward here, they will show up a lot. They showed up to their... Harlequins are who gave the Emperor the message about, um, chaos being the issue, not Horus. Uh, oh. Harlequins are the ones who delivered, uh, Raboot and, uh, Yvrain to the battlefield at, or excuse me, Yvrain to the battlefield of Cadia. Um, oh. Harlequins helped Yvrain get into Macrag safely with, uh, Belsarius Call to revive Reboot. They nice. are as intrinsically linked to the plot as a faction 
as most major characters are. In many ways, they are the machination no ninjas. Uh, in no theater, they are... Uh, the concept of the ninja was a guy wearing all black mm. who mm. would uh, do things in the background and you were supposed to ignore him. Harlequins are much flashier, but throughout the meta plot, do a lot of the same thing as those guys. There are um, flashy deus ex machinas at some points. At times, yes. Um, but they're also interesting, and I really <laughs> like the idea of essentially battle bards, but way crazier. Battle <laughs> yeah. bards! Which is the weirdest guys. That's the gist. I think we can probably split next episode into more about craft worlds and then Deldar, because this was a lot of setup into getting to how they became craft worlds what and Deldar. What about arts so worlds? So you can have art and craft worlds. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Okay, so um, I want to say that yeah. we, we're definitely going to do like people-focused episodes, because the Phoenix Lords are so fucking cool. I mean, come on. The Look really? at this fucking guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I give you that. Holy oh, man. shit. Oh, God, he's got so many skulls! <laughs> Who 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 is okay, called uh, a phoenix yeah, that lord? Is, who is that this is girl? The phoenix lord, Ra, the Ra. harvester of souls, the phoenix uh, lord of the dark reapers, the phoenix lord of the uh, what an yes. edgy name! It. I'll talk about it when we get into them, but all the phoenix lords basically patroned a path within the path of the warrior. Uh, uh -huh. And so, th this guy made the Dark Reaper path, which is basically the heavy weapon specialist. And then, you can, like, Dang. an exarch of the path can choose to, or is, can choose, is chosen to give themselves to the path and become the manifestation of the Phoenix Lord. Boy. Yes! It's pretty cool. So the Phoenix Lord is like the Marvel Phoenix, where it's not a it's not a particular person. It's like an ideal or like a Almost. set. I see it's where like you're a coming you from. It's become. a personality that floats around, and you be you become. Yeah. Oh, that's right as fuck. We, we we there's a bunch of cool shit like. The first Phoenix Lord founded the Dire Avengers, and he's a good old-fashioned gun in one hand, sword in the other. We've got the Storm of Silence, Jane Zarr, the founder of the Howling that Banshees. first Phoenix Lord fucking, it's so has good. the fucking pimpest hat? Yeah. It is one Look of the pimpest hat. hats. Um, yes, I will post these images because they're too dank not to share. <laughs> Uh, then again, every Phoenix Lord is almost cheating because all of them look fucking amazing. Dang. Um, very much the same way as all the Primarchs look dope as shit. Um, and, um, I don't know if you noticed, John, but the link you, the image is, is you just posted... No, it's, I mean, yes, he's dressed like a pimp daddy, but the, uh... The file name is spesbird.png. God bless America. <laughs> um, 
Oh, and last thing, but certainly not least thing, uh, Sigorak fucked off to become the guard of the Black Library and basically just tells people to get the fuck out. The Black Library is a magic craft world in the warp filled with all the dank books. Nice. That's it. Huh. <laughs> uh, also, Taldi, your best waifu. Um, fight me. Uh, yeah, with, uh, with all that out of the way, uh... I, I, yeah, we should end the episode yeah. because I can keep talking about Eldar for another hour, but that's what episodes are for and why we split them. <laughs> Remember, uh, kids, listen to Mobile Suit Fandom. Uh, uh, yeah, check out Get Wrecked with Chris and Livy. They're they're cool. Uh, yes, uh, and MSF has been having a much more consistent relief schedule lately because a la Mal, we <laughs> we have a backlog. <laughs> I like this one. <coughs> um, uh, email us, grimdorkspot at gmail.com. Uh, Please email us. Please tweet yeah, at email us. Email us, Twitter at us. We want to do another Q&A episode. So, like, keep them coming. And yeah, I'm lonely. Too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I have been Exarch John. Uh, I have been Lord Archon. Fuzzy. And I am Phoenix Lord Brayton. I am Malgan Ra, the Harvester of Souls. Souls. That is definitely not what a man <laughs> dressed like a Terminator and the Diablo 2 Necromancer had a child would sound like. All he uh, says, nobody understands him, but because it's just a low rumble. <laughs> like a he just sounds like a train from really yeah. far away. <laughs> no, that's what that's what you hear in the distance. Is like everyone's like, "Where's the Phoenix Sword?" And then you hear, it. <laughs> "This rape train has no brakes." He's just running. He's <laughs> he's just running towards you. Yeah, uh, with his big fucking. That's also gun. a sight. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. also make sure you a check out the Twitter because the Eldar so you can see this image. Have no brakes on this one. Choo -choo. Uh, fucking bye. bye. Thank you for listening to Grimdorks. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Like the show? Want to show your dorky pride? Go to bit.ly forward slash Grimdorks to pick up a variety of merch. Our theme song is John Hammer by Matt Lee. You can find him on Twitter at NiceWizardMusic. Our background music is Go Home and Be a Family Man by Norn Rad from OC Remix. And remember, Ave Imperator.